Greetings, listeners of the Technically Unbothered podcast. This is your host, Joshua Nathan, a tech aficionado, coming to you live from Lynchburg. On this podcast, we cover PC gaming, new and sometimes exciting tech releases, the basis of the computer, not to budget a computer for your needs. This podcast airs weekly and is available on all major platforms. This episode is a continuation of part one, but for those who haven't listened to it, I'll provide a recap for it here. In that episode, I talked about what the best choices are for low-end and mid-range flipping. I also discussed a specific reason why preloads are good currently. This episode goes more into the competition, so let's get into it. Competition drives down prices. You have to give something unique for the computers you sell in order to get people to buy them. Currently, I have two computers on eBay, which I'll provide links down below, and a third one on the way. Now, these are fairly priced based on what my competition sells for around that price. For those curious, my competition consists of Ryzen Vega-based systems and 6-core Xeon gaming PCs. Now, I'm clearly targeting the other Xeon gaming PCs. Why? Well, despite me having much more performance than the Ryzen-based systems, the main feature those kind of computers have over me is their upgradability. The systems I'm selling are basically maxed out. One thing some potential buyers use is how many parts could be carried over to a new system. The Ryzen system is plug and play. You can put whatever you want in those systems and it will work. For Xeon PCs, however, the power supply, the SSD, case, and CPU cooler can most likely be kept. The GPU is dependent on what caliber it is. If it's something like an R9-280X, then it's time for the GPU to hit the dust. If it's an RX 570 or GTX 1060 or better, then it most likely can be put in a new system. You essentially have to look in the customer's perspective and see if it completes these three things. Is the computer eye-catching? Is it aesthetically pleasing or do the colors not match at all? Does the title give you an idea of what the PC can be used for? On to the next topic of ways to start. And this depends on where you're at currently. I personally got into PC building by buying a Dell Optiplex. I upgraded a couple times and then built a completely new computer. I sold the old parts and then just decided to start building and selling the computers. I did research, figured out which parts were good and what my competition was. So I guess start with family. If anyone has any old computers they don't want, you can tinker with them without worrying about having something bad happen to an old system. Then, when you get comfortable, you can start building and selling computers. And last thing before the next topic, does anyone else make the PC flips they have look better than the current PC? Granted, my PC is rough because I haven't re-cable managed everything, but it is pretty funny. People will want to build a computer for themselves for a reason. One could be the simplicity. As said before, putting together a PC is adult Legos. Sure, you have to read instructions, but taking a few hours to put together a computer that should last for at least a year is a worthy exchange. Another possible reason is the entrepreneurial route. It can be a lucrative business, but it will take a while until your profits become consistent. Unlike other things, it's a one and done. The same person isn't going to buy two computers. They're going to buy the one that's most suited to their needs, use it for a couple of years, and then consider what to do with it after. It could just be that they want to try something new. 
There isn't really a benefit to learning how to build a computer unless you're just trying to work for a system integrator. Okay, well, there are some skills that you learn if you're a youngin, but for the adults, building PCs, these traits will have already been acquired. What is the difference between a system integrator such as CyberPowerPC versus a PC flipper such as myself? Well, numerous. System integrators have to make a profit, and so they cut corners to fit PCs within a certain budget. If you have a $600 budget, 450 of it, roughly, is actually used for a computer. For example, let's go back to CyberPowerPC. Currently, for $630, the following is offered. A Ryzen 3 2300X which is a weird OEM CPU. 4 cores, 4 threads, with no hyper-threading. 8 gigs of DDR4 RAM, which is acceptable, but 16 gigabytes is sort of the new minimum for gaming machines. A 120 gigabyte SSD with a 1 terabyte hard drive. Ample storage, but I would prefer more SSD storage, but it is enough for Windows 10 and some key applications. And a GT1030. Now, obviously, gaming isn't this PC's strong suit. Let's go ahead and compare it to a normal PC flipper. For $600, either a 6-core or 8-core Xeon PC is applicable. While the Ryzen CPU is faster, having more cores and threads are helpful if you're doing more CPU-intensive tasks. Either 16 or 32GB of RAM, even though it is slower, it's also more capacity. It's also cheaper with a 32GB kit of DDR3 RAM costing $50. A 500GB M.2, which while faster, does mean the pre-built does have more storage. GPUs are going to vary, but it's normally around a 1063GB or RX570 range. As I said on last week's episode, when getting into the higher-end stuff, pre-builds have reasons for existing since so they provide graphics cards that are extremely difficult to find in the current space. That concludes today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe via Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, or Apple Podcasts. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family and leave a review. If you want to connect with other tech community members, you can do so by following the Tennessee Unbothered Facebook group. Podcasts will be uploaded each Wednesday. All topics discussed today will be found in the show as long as my social media links. I'm your host, Joshua Nathan, and have a great Tennessee Unbothered day.